0: Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon.
1: Welcome to another Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Simon Clancy. As always, with Chris Kaufman and Alfredo Artiaga, it is our Thursday preview show. Looking ahead, we're back on a Sunday rather than a Friday to play the Washington Commanders heading to the nation's capital. To take on the commanders in a game the dolphins are heavily favored to win uh, in the second half of the show we'll look at what happens when the commanders have the ball and the dolphins are on defense uh, a defense without Jalen phillips and actually they've just started showing um hard knocks here in the uk on uh terrestrial television and so ooh, half an hour ago i was watching the much more emotional i thought it was going to be uh episode uh and kudos i think to the uh to the team at nfl films and hbo for putting that together that was a really good episode especially with all the kind of the way they built it up around phillips don't know what you guys thought but real emotion when uh when Jalen went down and, and started crying and daniel came out to the front of him and you know that was that was emotional stuff to see uh, see the guy go down
2: yeah, some people were asking me, you, uh, you know, how the hell did they know to build the entire episode around Jalen Phillips? Where, was he mic'd up? Where, was he going to be featured? And then, you know, this was just bad luck that he got he got injured. Uh, no, they follow four or five players, and they chose the storyline that was most um, beneficial for that one show. So it's very likely they had a lot of footage on, who knows, maybe Mostert. Uh, David Long, Holland uh, and Jalen Phillips was about, in yeah. that group and they decided you know what he's not going to be with the team for the rest of the year let's feature Phillips in this episode
1: yeah no it was um, it was interesting but, stuff and it was um, Chris what did there was
0: stuff in there there was stuff in there that you can't you can't just edit or choose to make you know there was there were there were statements that were being made, you know, back and forth between if you're you're looking at Phillips himself, you're looking at what he, things that he said, you're looking at things that other guys have said were saying to him. You know, Bradley Chubb, um, you can't make up that Brett Mike McDaniel, you know, at the beginning of the game walks yeah. up to Jalen Phillips and said, "Tonight Obviously, is the night right. that you that you arrive, that this is that you know mm-hmm. you are now a superstar after tonight." You know, like he did that. Mm-hmm. and um, and he doesn't do that with every player and he doesn't do that every game you know it, it's just it's sometimes fate is fate is a motherfucker
1: <laughs> yeah I mean look speaking from a production point of view and given that's what I actually do for a living I mean if you're the producer of that show as, as sad as it would be to see Phillips go down you are absolutely like this is fantastic you know this is going to make an amazing episode and that's just the business unfortunately you know and yeah those guys are ultimate professionals and i thought that show they put together in three days was was amazing um but as a producer you'll be there going wow this is fantastic we've got all this amazing footage and all this amazing you know audio and and i love how they silenced everything else out apart from his mic pretty much when he was about to burst into tears which was which was very clever but also very sad and uh he should be thoroughly missed. Jason Pierre Paul, obviously, we talked about it and and essentially not broke it, but broke the news on the podcast on Monday night. So it'll be interesting to see how much of a snap count he gets. I was intrigued to see the way he was holding his pen when he signed his contract. If he's <laughs> to that. that was uh that was quite funny.
2: But I wanna get your I wanna get your uh your take on this, Simon, because you have different sensibilities than chris and i to do since you know you we're stateside and you you you're european you're a little bit more sophisticated at least you're supposed to be what do you (laughs) make of mike mcdaniel's potty mouth nature and because it just occurred to me he was telling woody johnson's wife a story about getting hit in the dick yeah i mean what do do you make of mike mcdaniel i absolutely adore him yeah, uh, your how, long have
1: you know, how long have you known me for
2: <laughs> very long time <laughs> very long time but I, this is what it's called this is this is called a softball okay i'm must, grooving a pitch mentioned. to you so you could just knock it way out of the park
1: yeah we must have known each other 20 25 years the three of us i reckon yeah something like least, that around about that um i mean <laughs> you know uh how much of a potty mouth i am so uh <laughs> i mean i love it i love hearing all that sort of stuff i love hearing mcdaniel swear it's funny Uh, and yeah i mean how could you not love him he's great i mean he is um authentic and real and vulnerable and interesting and a great coach as well so yeah i love all of that and clearly um, you know i always thought it would be very difficult for muscular men to uh, want to play for a skinny guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i <I'm> don't <old laughs> remember when that was a thing yes Oh uh, God, <laughs> I don't remember
0: that
2: yeah. yeah by the way i've, I've I'm, I'm fascinated by uh what he's wearing now uh the shoes that that i was fast those shoes are absolutely beautiful yeah the they're actually American gucci movie. and no, i found them and if you're a member of only fins i put the link in there now of course you're gonna have to part with about 385 dollars if you could find the shoes if you buy them at what? auction, they're like sixteen hundred dollars.
0: He already has. He already has a new pair, though. Like out there, and, and those are not Gucci. So yeah,
1: there's a, a Bottega Veneta. The the ones he had on the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. he actually rocked up into the um, he rocked up into the post Kansas City press conference in uh, a leather jacket, a cream leather jacket that had a dollar sign on it, a pair of <laughs> ripped. Sort of light blue jeans and a pair of um, Balenciaga Vieiras, which are the white Balenciaga trainers with the diamond studs on the on like the toe cap, uh, which are about <laughs> nine hundred pounds here. So be wow,
2: about,
1: be about twelve eleven hundred dollars in the US.
2: Um, And and I already posted uh, on OnlyFans and you can become a member at OnlyFans if you go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans. I posted the link to his watch. Everybody always keeps asking about his watch. His watch is a Breitling. It's a limited edition Breitling. Uh, Retail $58,000.
0: Yeah, well, uh, apparently the the Heat have the burn the boats uh, metaphor and he just has the burn the money metaphor. So he he'd better continue to be successful because... (laughs) <laughs> he, he has expensive tastes man
1: yeah i'm gonna i'm um, i'm gonna use my european sensibilities and just say it's a brightling not a breetling oh yeah brightling. just gonna put that out there right there's that european sensibility there's that you european see sensibility. There, there it works the upper class european shit all <laughs> um, right let's get to the game let's get to the dolphins against uh, the um the commanders and <laughs> Again, you don't want to be, you don't want this to be a trap game, or you don't want this to be a you know a kind of looking ahead to to a Monday night game against Tennessee and a rematch against the Jets and then that kind of big three game stretch, and then the playoffs. But you know there is a sense that this is a Washington team sort of on the brink of implosion, uh, and they've had some bright spots and they've got some good players, but offensively, when the Dolphins have the ball, uh, you know the key for this team obviously is the the interior of their defensive line, you know with Daron Payne and with with Jonathan Allen. But they struggled. Uh, they struggled all over the field, really, and there's a lack of talent on the back end. I know they drafted Emmanuel Forbes, but he's on the injury report I didn't see today, but I know he didn't practice yesterday.
2: Um, d again kind of... today, by the way.
1: Okay, interesting. Uh, obviously, Cody Barton made a lot of tackles when he was um, when he was in Seattle, uh, but was let go. Jamin Davis, the linebacker, was the first-round pick, has kind of been a little bit up and down. Um, so this is a team... That, even with the Dolphins' problems on the offensive line in terms of potential injuries, Teron Armstead, will he, won't he play? Kendall Lamb, will he, won't he play? Could be an opportunity for, for Keon Smith to start. The guard position, obviously, is Rob Hunt going to play? Is he not? Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel, Chris, as though, you know, the guys that you're going up against in terms of the Jalen Harris and the KJ Henry and Andre Jones and a Casey Hill are necessarily going to be guys that are going to give our guys a lot of problems on the on the perimeter
0: no i think and, and i think overall when you watch them on def- on defense you watch them all 22 it's almost an exercise in, of of who isn't open yeah. um sometimes because there's just a lot of free access a lot of space uh for guys to run around and also uh the this is this is a team that in coverage anyway seems to uh be prone to you know eating the cheese and and just being uh, being fooled with misdirection or with, um, with spacing or the, the exact sort of little tricks that Mike McDaniel loves, you know? And um, honestly, when I watch it, you know, I'm like, of course we're chasing after this, uh, this almost, almost mythical clean game that we want the offense to play. And they haven't been doing it lately. But if they do, this is the sort of defense that they could draw. I mean, I'm am I'm imagining what the Dolphins do as I watch this defense, and they they could score forty fifty against them um, if they uh, if they actually play the you know the, the 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 clean game that we all want them to. So um, so this should be they the Dolphins could be aggressive here. Uh, knowing that you know they traded away Chase Young, they traded away Montez Sweat, um, and they uh, and they don't now they have a fifth round and a seventh round rookie uh, edge rushers as well as Casey Twohill is kind of a veteran or a journeyman that uh, that you know doesn't really do much of anything. So the edge players are not really that much of a threat. Um, so they might the Dolphins might be aggressive. I'm kind of wondering if. This is the second-to-last road game of the year, basically. Um, so, And the last road game of the year is a virtual playoff game against the the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. And, and it carries not just playoff implications, but championship implications, because the number one seed might be hanging in the balance, for all we know. Um, I kind of wonder if a lot of players and the coaches are going to look at this road game as a nice test run to get everything going offensively on the road, because that's been a challenge for them. You know, in front of a in front of a hostile crowd with noise and and things like that. If they're going to look at this as the as their their last opportunity really to get that offense going on the road, prove that they can prove to themselves that they can do it. Um and and so I think that they could have a big day against this defense.
1: Yeah, Alf Ron Rivera's taken over play-calling duties after the, the firing of uh, of Jack Del Rio. It, it feels like the last hurrah in Washington for, for, for Rivera, and whether that's Eric Byname taking over, whether that's Bill Belichick taking over, who knows what will happen in Washington. But it does feel like a real opportunity for what Chris talked about there, the the perfect, or as perfect as possible, offensive game in terms of what the Dolphins might be able to do when they have the ball. On offense.
2: Absolutely. And preseason, I remember wagging my finger at Dolphin fans, uh reminding them that game in in Washington is going to be tough. They have the best defensive line in the NFC, one of the best defensive lines in football. Uh that was then. Uh n- now it's been different. They they played two very, very good games against the, the Eagles, but for the most part, my God, they got their doors blown off at home against the Bears. They traded Montez Sweat, who is a really, really good player. He's been playing lights out ever since he arrived in Chicago. Uh, Chase Young is is paying big dividends in San Francisco. That was going to be the recipe for keeping them in a game at home in maybe some bad weather against Miami. Plus that offense that does have some pieces that are that, you know, you could see how they could get on schedule and be a serious problem. Not anymore. Uh, what they have on the edge, you know, uh, we already mentioned the names Casey Tolhill, Andre Jones, they're going to be so weak on the edge and Miami likes to use leverage to get outside. It's what they do. So their weakness, their severe weakness, severe. And I think, uh, Chris said it on, uh, on only earlier today that it's preseason caliber edge play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is what you would face like in the last preseason game guys on the bubble trying to make the the roster, man. It's so bad. And that is the Miami Dolphins' strength. You just can't help but think, yes, Miami has a massive schematic advantage in this game, and they should be able to score points. Other than that, yeah, on on defense, they have some nice players. I I really like Emmanuel Forbes coming out. Uh, He looks like he might not play. Uh, He has an elbow issue. Uh, I liked him a lot when he was coming out, more than most. He's had a decent season, but that back end is not very good. And without him, it's even worse. So absolutely, like it's hard not to say, look, Dolphins have a pretty big advantage. I would like to see Robert Hunt back into the fold. You got to get those reps, uh, especially for the offensive line. And I've said this before. I would like to see our starting offensive line for that first playoff game begin to play and at least finish out the last month of the season intact. So you can only do that if you start getting some guys back. I love to see Robert Hunt back in the fold uh, to start settling that left guard spot.
1: Yeah. This Washington defense hasn't generated a turnover in almost a month. Uh, they've had <laughs> discipline issues, uh, mental processing issues. You look at some of the tape and Chris, obviously you've been looking at the alternative I have too, in terms of just how, you know, they've had issues with edge contained throughout the season. Uh, I watched the game against Dallas the other night and, and the Cowboys essentially just challenged there and picked on their secondary uh, the whole time. They play an awful lot of quarters coverage, um, but the safety play just isn't particularly good. And the corner play isn't that much better. Uh, and really, the Dolphins should be feasting. What, what's interesting, what, what I thought was most interesting, and actually, when I looked at a couple of the Washington fan sites and then on the Washington Post, and just to discover that, you know, they... Um, they've had an awful lot of issues processing route patterns, and if, mm-hmm. they're having, if they're having issues processing route patterns against the giants or you know whoever, it's going to be an absolute nightmare for them with the route patterns that Mike McDaniel. Because McDaniel must be looking at the, the the tape, and you know we all know how much he loves the geometry of the field, and he must be you know rubbing his hands together with what he sees on the on the commander's tape.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the um, that's that's so much space that, uh, that there is, a, and, and it's really about free access as well. Um, the free access and the, the sort of soft coverage and, um, and all the spacing in the field. And then the, the potential, because of the way that Miami times their offense and times the ball out, um, you know, trying to get the ball at, there at the absolute, you know, pinnacle of separation, which means getting the ball out early. Um, you know, they got to be. They got to be licking their chops and thinking. There's going to be a lot of run after catch. There's going to be a lot of ability to drop the ball into uh, into areas of the field and space. Um, there's going to be you know. There's going to be chances to uh, confuse them with route com- combinations. I don't know. I don't know if this is a defense that has a lot of coverage busts. I didn't necessarily see a lot of that, but but they they don't challenge you either. And and if you if you don't challenge this team, Miami's team. Then Tua could go for 500 and five TDs, unless he's pulled at halftime. You know, um, so so that's the you know that's that's kind of why. Well, I mean, Vegas has us as a double-digit favorite, uh, even though we're on the road, and and I think that's why.
1: Alf, you don't want to um, you don't want to see this as a, an opportunity to rest players, obviously, because that would just be taking another professional team who get paid to play uh, too lightly. But it might be, and we've talked about this on the pod, we talked about this on OnlyFins, in terms of the way that Mike McDaniel and the guys are managing injuries and managing players. And you, we talk about Robert Hunt there, as as Chris has just alluded to, but Devon A. Chan is another. In terms of, you know, there's not necessarily, or at least it doesn't feel like necessarily a, an absolute necessity to try and rush these guys back this week, knowing that, potentially bigger struggles lay ahead in terms of opponents.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, we talked about maybe this is an opportunity to see Keon Smith. there. My only hesitation really is, you know, the the franchise is back there at number one, okay? And I like to keep him upright, so I don't like to play around too much with the offensive line. If Kendall Lamb can go, then that's my left tackle. If Teron Armstead wants to play, uh, Cause it seems like we're, we're at the stage where we have to ask him whether he wants to play or not. Uh, he said this week he's playing this weekend uh, uh, unless he's playing somewhere else. That means against the, the commanders. Uh, I would not play around with the offensive line, but I would play with those snap counts everywhere else. And yes, if anybody's even 50, 50, then you don't play them. But I, I would like to see Robert hunt back into the, the lineup because they got to settle left guard. And by my count, There's three guys vying for that spot. Uh, They got to start settling that. If Liam Eikenberger is going to win the left guard spot for the balance of the year, uh, he has to start somewhere. Why not this game against two really, really good defensive tackles? So uh, that's the only guy that I wouldn't rush him back. because he's Quite frankly, he's ready to play. He was ready to play against the Jets. He was in a uniform. He just didn't see any snaps. So Robert Hunt's the only one that I would not hurry back, but... You know, give him the nod to play this weekend because I want to settle that left guard spot.
1: Yeah, of course. Just a quick run before we go to break, and uh, we talked on Monday about the the lack of a a big tight end in this offense. Uh, a tight end came on the market today in Zach Ertz, who was released surprisingly by the by the Arizona Cardinals. Chris, do you envisage uh, a Zach Ertz? Uh, in Miami, or do you think it's probably more likely that he either goes back to to Philadelphia, obviously with Dallas Goddard out, or to Baltimore, perhaps, with Mark Andrews being out? Although Isaiah likely is playing very well. Could you see a Zach Ertz in Miami?
0: Yes, I could. Um, I I could see Miami give it, making the phone call, at, at least. Uh, I don't think anybody's claiming him because of his... Uh, I think he's got a little over $3 million owed yeah. to him for just six games. Uh, on the rest of his contract, and, and that might be a little too rich for most NFL teams to to swallow. That, so probably get free agency. Um, the real concern there is that once he's in free agency, does he go? Does he make a beeline for either a return to the Philadelphia Eagles, um, which he you know he knows that team well, or uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, who lost you know obviously they lost Mark Andrews, and he could he could see them as not just a playoff contender both teams are you know strong playoff contenders some would argue you know stronger playoff contenders than miami um and uh and the opportunities are there for him on both teams too so i I, it's hard for me not not to see him ending up on one of those two but if he does turn them down or maybe they're not interested then i think miami could um could see him as a potential replacement for like a tyler croft who could go uh onto the practice squad and should he be needed for blocking uh just keeping in mind that Durham Smythe hasn't been healthy lately so yeah, yeah I, I do see it
1: you're listening to three Yards per carry we should be back in a moment to talk about what happens when the commander's on the field but a point to remind you that we are as always dependent and thankful to our sponsors and our show is brought to you by Prize picks use the promo code to three yards that's the number three yards to get a hundred dollar match bonus on your one hundred dollar deposit And of course, by our old friends at Manscaped, get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code 5, number 5, R-S-N. This is three yards per carry and we will be back soon.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. five seven nine zero three five six that's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six or visit the website at wcufl.com you can follow them on facebook and instagram and please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on google and facebook water cleanup of florida if you have the schmutz they have the guts
1: i'm jalen phillips and you're listening to three yards per carry Welcome back to Three hours Per Carrier. I don't know what happened to my voice at the end there, but I gave a very soon, almost as if my balls were being squeezed, which they weren't. But Just in case you thought they were,
2: they weren't. Or you were telling a story to Woody Johnson's wife uh, on the sidelines yeah. before the Absolutely.
1: game. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, which is a podcast in itself, I think. Um, what is that neck chain or that necklace all about? I mean, who? <laughs> Sauce Gardner gave it to
2: him. So oh, does he think he is? Uh, well, Sauce Gardner gave it. If, if Sauce Gardner gave you something that was that pricey by the way you know what the hell are you doing sauce you don't, you don't have your money yet you have when i was in rookie the uh, money.
1: when i was in the jets locker room after the giants jets punterama i was walking back out and i looked across at sauce gardener and realized it was sauce gardener I, I assume a look on my face must have been oh it's sauce gardener and he looked at me and just raised his eyebrows and nodded his head i thought that was quite cool um it's my source gardener story for you. I mean, that's all I have <laughs> pretty much a non-ecdote, but I anyway. interviewed him.
0: We, saw, we saw the man, we saw the man at the draft. And yeah, yeah, I Absolutely.
2: interviewed him. I, I, I spoke to him for about five, six, seven minutes. He he was go. pretty upset with, with me trying to set him up, uh, you know, but he did. he still, he still gave me the, the soundbite saying that he didn't care that he was going into a division because I actually placed him with the jets. I said, look, it's likely you're going to be with the jets. You're facing Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill uh next year. What do you think? And he goes, I don't care about who the hell I face. You know, they gotta face me. And I'm like, wow, this is nice. This is a good soundbite.
1: That's good confidence. Right. Yes. Source Gardener fortunately is not playing for the commanders this weekend. But some guys who are playing for them and actually that you know apart from the two guys you mentioned in terms of Jonathan Allen and Daron Payne who are legitimately top end, top echelon NFL players, this is a Washington team guys that is struggling on offense their their pass protection is some of the worst in the league and the dolphins rank six in the nfl in sacks per pass attempt at 10 percent um they are uh they are they've lost three straight games their coaching staff must be beginning to realize that you know their days are numbered pretty much but there is some talent you know Sam Howe, who i i really liked at north carolina and i think he's been generally really excellent and i've seen a, a lot of his throws and there were some throws against Chicago, some throws against Seattle, where you just think this guy is a legitimately good NFL quarterback. And I think he'll be given the chance. I think he's kind of flourished a little bit under um under Eric Bayern. I mean, the problem is that he's just getting killed. He's just getting, I mean, he's he's been sacked more times than anybody in the NFL by a significant margin. Um, you know, uh, he obviously has Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson struggled a little bit with injury. Curtis Samuel still there, Diami Brown can get down the field, so they've got some talent at uh, the receiver position Logan Thomas is a big target at tight end. And then in, in Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, they've got certainly, you know, manageable in terms of can we contain them? Yes, but certainly guys that can move the chains in terms of running back. So but it's the offensive line guys that really is the has been a massive issue. And for the Dolphins, I think, you know, even without Jalen Phillips, they'll be looking to, I think, tee off against this this commander's unit and, and try and get Sam his back fairly quickly and fairly regularly.
2: Yeah, I believe that they're uh, the Dolphins are nine sacks out from the lead, and the Ravens are on by, which means if the Dolphins get ten sacks, they'll lead the NFL in sacks uh, after this weekend. I always do this test. I look at the team's roster and I say, "Man, w- would this guy play a lot on our team?" Because I happen to like our, our roster a lot. And you look at this Commanders offense. Terry McLaurin would would get a, a gigantic. Uh, share of targets on our our offense their tight end logan thomas is a really really nice player he would also get a a pretty good share would brian robinson solve our third and one problems so absolutely you look at this team and i don't see where the problem lies in their skill position players i even like antonio gibson a lot as far as the third down back and that's how they tend to use them their their problems are obvious it's that offensive line that offensive line is terrible and Miami would be best served to put their best foot forward because that's what snuffs out this entire game. They start getting after Sam Howell. It won't matter that Diami Brown is a, is a pretty nice player or Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson or Curtis Samuel can get you on the perimeter. None of that will matter because they just won't be able to execute. And that's what happened to them against the the Cowboys. So this is a game that's... that's firmly in the hands of the Miami Dolphins front seven and most notably that that offensive line they should dominate they should dictate and you know they're good for the future but not now uh I like their skill position players they just won't they just won't threaten Miami I don't believe because they can't when you don't have that engine you don't have that offensive line and you know you can't do what you actually want to do you can't execute so I don't think they pose a danger, but. They have a ton of talent at the skill positions. I really do like what they have there.
1: Chris, I've got two questions for you. The first one, and let me get through both of them before you answer. The first one is your impressions overall of Sam Howe. But secondly, and it speaks to something we talked about a little bit earlier on in the show and about taking this team seriously and not overlooking them. I thought it was very... I thought it was very instructive at the end of Hard Knocks when Mike McDaniel stood up and somebody shouted for Victory Monday when he said they could have Saturday, Sunday off. And he was like, Seriously, fuck you guys. This is not this winning here today was not your Super Bowl. Uh and I thought that was really interesting in terms of just the mindset and you hope that everybody's taking it seriously. How impressed yep. are you, okay. A, by Howell and then B by McDaniel? Because he could easily have caved in and said, you know what, have Monday off. And because mm-hmm. you know, it's only the commanders and they're kind of they've been terrible
0: yeah i'll take second one first uh i i think that the mentality is like he is definitely trying to instill that mentality and give them credit because this is not a for all that we um have seen criticism of say for example their conservatism about injuries right um that they're holding guys back that they're uh they're putting backups in there um a little bit m- more liberally uh to get them experience and stuff like that. This is not a team that has gone out there and laid and laid eggs against bad teams and and suffered you know, embarrassing defeats. that quite the opposite. they're they're a uh, they're very consistent against the uh the teams that they should be superior to. Um, so so they they do have a good ma- mindset and I think you saw a peek into that. Um, into that mindset with McDaniel, you know, telling everybody, no, you know, this was not your Super Bowl. This is, this is late in the season. The season has really begun now. And you had Wes Welker in the meeting room. Also, you know, Belichick always used to say after Thanksgiving, that's when the season really starts. And, um, and so I think that he is, he is trying to get them ready. Now they might still be conservative on injuries until a certain time period as anyway, but that's kind of a separate, issue and and it doesn't seem to bleed into the mentality of the team um and how seriously they take these games so i am impressed and i think that we should continue to expect that as for sam howell he is chaos in a can to me um and and that i think that this is this is a guy that is it's interesting because when i watch him you know i don't think he's a, a a very good or gifted thrower of the football to be honest um with you i think that his um, his outcomes range from you know what the hell was that to uh, to whoa, what the hell was that? you know like I mean he he really he will he will throw a dot into a middle of a group of players that is you know how did how did that get there um, and then at other times it, the, the ball comes out ugly and and just really not you know not on target and and it's sort of like, so you have these players in Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel, a lot of speed, Brian Robinson, uh as a running back catches a lot of balls out of the backfield, a lot of speed, a lot of talent, a lot of uh skill in the in that unit and they 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 create space for themselves, they create separation, they're running through secondaries um and it you know it, it boils down to is uh is Sam hitting them or is he getting sacked? Or uh, are they? Uh, are the offense turning the ball over now? If they're not turning the ball over, and I think they're like third in the league in turnovers or something like that, um, if they're not turning the ball over and they're not getting sacked, then they're looking pretty good on offense. You know, uh, overall, I mean, you got those skill position players, and Sam is just this—he's this weird quarterback that can that can surprise and excel in virtually every situation um against you know virtually every kind of pass rush every kind of blitz or non pass rush sitting back in coverage like it's the 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 inconsistency but consistency of inconsistency i i don't know how to term it but, like, you know, the question, do I blitz him or do I not blitz him? Well, on, on, on a lot of occasions, if you blitz him, that man has a lot of spatial awareness and he has a lot of um, a lot of ability to get out of trouble. And uh, he's strong and he's a good runner and he can make something happen late in the play clock. Um, they get a scramble drill going and then, you know, somebody starts going with him. He hits him in stride and then it's a huge play. So it's, it's some of the plays that he made against Seattle that way. Um You know, so he can be dangerous against the blitz, but then he can also be not dangerous at all against the blitz because he's taking sacks. Uh, He's not a guy that gets the ball out early and has immediate answers like, you know, Tua, I think is a guy that when you blitz him, you're giving him an easy answer. So he gets the ball out right away with that awareness and anticipation of what the defense is doing. I don't think he necessarily has that. Um, at the same time, if you sit back in the coverage, you're, you're like, okay, well, we're going to sit back in coverage and squeeze them, but they do have a number of drives where they've, you know, executed 12, 14 play drives and gotten touchdowns. I think they're, um, they're one of the top, uh, top teams in the league that have been able to do that. So it's really hard to figure them out. They're, they're just, there's just a lot of chaos. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of up and down. And if they're not turning the ball over, if they're not getting sacked, then they can hang 27 on us easy even though the defense has been playing really well. Uh, so, you know, it's a real it's a real hard one to figure
1: out. Just before we get to score predictions, I, I found these numbers fascinating. Uh, Tua has been sacked 15 times this season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes sacked 13 times. Josh Allen 14 times. Dak Prescott, who's right up there in the MVP candidacy, 22 times he's been sacked. Uh, Jared Goff 20 times. Sam Howell 58 times. I mean, mm. that is... Mm-hmm. that's almost four that's almost three times as many as two has been sacked which is um which is fairly astonishing I I, I like chaos in a can that's a really he right reminds me of sort of a uh, dollar general kind of Tony Romo um mm-hmm. who I think could, could mm-hmm. elevate higher um if the offensive line play was better because you know I think Mike McDaniel said it today those, those things can become scars if they're left to you know a guy gets hit so much that you know, I saw him take a shot from Micah Parsons the other day and, and on Thanksgiving and it was just like, wow, there is no nothing to be thankful for if you're Sam Howell were that hit. So but we shall see what happens. Let us get to our predictions. Uh before we run out of zoom time here. Uh Alf, how are you seeing this game? How do you think the uh, the score will play out between the commanders at home against the Dolphins?
2: Weather will be good, fifty-eight degrees, possibility of rain toward the end of the game. Uh game will be hand will be in hand by then. Uh, Miami puts up a big number. I'm saying Miami 38, but they allow some points. Miami 38, Commanders 22, as they miss a couple of two point conversions. Chris,
0: I, I think it's going to be a big 40 40 to 25 game.
1: Yeah, I had uh, I had 38 21 actually, but that feels uh, annoyingly close to Alf, so I'm going to say 38 14 Miami. So. We shall see, but we will be back on Monday as always to review it. You can find us uh, watching it live uh, in only fins uh, on Sunday., uh, it's not a live game in the UK, so don't worry, I won't be half an hour ahead of everybody else and ruining it for you. um we'll be back next Thursday uh, with our preview show ahead of the Monday night game against the Tennessee titans which I've just discovered is a double-headed uh, Monday night game and we get, uh, Dan Orlovsky, Chris Fowler and Lewis Riddick instead of Joe Buck and Troy Aitman because they will be doing the Green Bay game. But anyway, uh, that's not a bad commentary team to have. Um, Enjoy the game at the weekend. Uh, Let's hope the Dolphins bring it home. Uh, I'm sure they will because it feels like this is a game that we could run up some, you know, we should be sitting here on Monday and talking about perhaps a perfect offensive game. Let's hope so. Like I said, enjoy your weekends and go Finns. Go Fins. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.